0: Welcome to Femboldened. A podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bulb within you. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone, multidimensional healer and empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered, high achievers like you to shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and wisdom. And medicine of our fellow impact-driven visionaries to energize you into living your bold the only question is are you ready let's get started fembolden hello femboldeners and welcome to today's episode Brendan and I just met uh five minutes ago. So we're gonna just see what happens, but I'm really excited to talk to Brendan today. He is a communication coach and the founder of Master Talk. After many years of doing presentation case competitions, he says, think professional sports for nerds. In university, he accidentally developed a skill in helping others communicate effectively and started the YouTube channel, Master Talk, because he realized that what they had to what he had to offer was far beyond the imagine everyone in your underpants advice. He started filming videos on a commune on communication in his mom's basement. Isn't that where all of like the big people start is in the mom's basement or the garage. And with the goal of helping everyone master this important skill since since then, he has coached ambitious executives and entrepreneurs to become top 1% communicators in their industry. He has a popular YouTube channel called Master Talk, with the goal of providing free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. Welcome, Brendan. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're joining us today. I want to know how you are today, what's going on in your atmosphere today, and like who you are today because everybody's a different person every day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Angelica. Well, first of all, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Super fun. And yes, doing great. You know, I always like to say gratitude is the most important thing in life. Mm. So I always wake up, you'll never catch me in a bad mood. Unless something really bad has happened and knock on wood, it hasn't happened in a long time. So yeah, feeling great. How about you?
0: Oh, oh, good. Thank you for asking. I feel like pretty good. You know, my my toddler woke up at three forty-five and five forty-five. But my husband took one for the team, and he rocked him to yes. for two hours straight until I woke up with
1: him at five forty-five.
0: So I'm doing very well today. I feel well rested. Thank you so
1: much. Of course, it's my pleasure.
0: All right, Brendan, you're young. I am. You're very, and I shouldn't say very young. You're young, but you've you've really had quite a bit of success in areas where others have failed. And this is fairly new for you, right? Although your skills aren't necessarily new, and I'm sure they've, they've been skills that you've had your your whole life growing up, but then finally they blossomed when it was exact the exact right time. I'm curious to know, though, who you were five, six years ago, and, and I guess what sticky situations you've had to, to trudge through, tough decisions you've had to make in order to Really build the niche that is your impact.
1: For sure, Angelica. It's a great way to starting the conversation. So so let's start from square one, which, which you brought up in the intro so well, which is the case competition thing. So when I went to yes. business school, right, in university, the goal was never to be a coach. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know you could be a communication coach. That was never the intention. The intention, I was 19 at the time was to get a great job. You know, my parents were factory workers on minimum wage salaries. So I wasn't looking to become the next Steve Jobs. I was I was looking to become the next six-figure earner at a company like a lot of people who want to make money and retire my mom. That was the only focus that mm-hmm. I had in life. That's beautiful. Oh thank you. I appreciate okay. it. No, not, not as altruistic, I would say, though, because, you know, back then I was really just focused on that. You know, my family I wasn't thinking about the world until mm-hmm. in the same way I do now in my esoteric energy. But anyways, yes. <laughs> so, so I started there and I did anything to win. I was like, OK, let's go to every cocktail in my hundred dollar oversized suit because we couldn't afford anything better. Is yeah. like the thing I had in prom. And I was going to all these events and I started talking to a lot of the students, Angelica, and I said, how did you get the job that I want? Mm-hmm. And they all gave me answers that I didn't really expect, because the answers that I was looking for was get good grades, study really hard, which is what South Asian culture teaches you all the time. Yeah, yep, yep. And they all looked at me and they said two words: case competitions. I was like, "What? Like, what's a case competition?" So I was just as lost as I'm sure a lot of people are when they hear case competition. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And I later learned that it's kind of like an audition for the best. Business jobs outside of business school. So, in the same way you try and get into a dance school by doing an audition, or you try and get into a professional sports league by doing a draft, this is that version in the business world. So, interesting. Right. So, believe it or not, Angelica, there's a small community of people that we call compers. And what they (laughs) do essentially is they're weird. It's 20 year old kids who are in suits who present solutions to businesses to the actual executives of the company but you're like 20
0: that's so right. awesome
1: yeah and the reason they exist is so that the senior vice president of walmart i think i once presented to not me but another team i'd coach sure. Presented to like the head of walmart canada like he's like some 55 year old dude who's sitting there and the goal is to recruit so they sit there. They spend thirty grand or something to host the competition. Mm-hmm. And they go, "I want you, I want you, I want you," and they pick you. So that was my golden ticket, right? Wow. Yeah. And so yeah, so that's the golden ticket. So I do the golden ticket. I realize that's my out of my out of poverty. It's not like I'm going to be this uh, famous YouTuber. I'm definitely not famous <laughs> by any means. But you get what I mean. Uh, so I start making. I start doing these competitions. And I develop an unhealthy obsession with them. And that's what ended up leading to MasterTalk accidentally. Why? Because I started doing really well at these competitions. By the time I was 20, I was winning so many of these. And I started to coach the students for free because we didn't have anyone else to coach them. And that made me the youngest communication coach in the world by accident.
0: My goodness. That's crazy. I just learned so many new things all at once
1: yeah sorry i monologued a bit there too much but
0: yeah. no no that's exactly what what i what i love to hear and i love learning um how cool is that it just fell into your lap ish yeah. with your hard work right amazing okay so it, you made that sound easy was it
1: <laughs> definitely not <laughs> so- <laughs> Yeah, definitely not. So so just to give you a bit of backstory here yeah. for the audience. So I grew up in a city called Montreal. Well in Montreal where I'm still based. I still live in my mother's base, by the way. I was like sailing my record. All my CEOs know that, by the way. Yeah, I coach well. some really cool people. They all know I live in my mom's base, so they don't care. But <laughs> but the but I say it so I'm more relatable to people. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, so I still live there. But in Montreal, you need to know how to speak French. Mm-hmm. That's one of the requirements. And I didn't know the language. Mm-hmm. So my parents sent me to French school. So my whole life. Not only did I struggle with communication, I was presenting in a language I didn't even know. So when I was like seven years old, I'd go, uh, bonjour. (laughs) And (laughs) that was my life as a kid. That's one. Second, you probably don't know this, but I actually have a crooked left arm. And the reason my left arm is crooked is because I had a big surgery when I was two years old. So, because of that surgery, I walked around with like this big cast that was like around my body. So, no one wanted to talk to me. It was really mm-hmm. hard to make friends. You don't know the language, so no one wants to speak to you. And you got a weird cast on. Yeah, it doesn't help. Yeah. And then you would think that a communication expert studied in communication. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting, Angelica. So, this is not. Very good. And then speaking on top of that, with the case competitions, my God. So the reason I got better so quickly, because you're right, I am young. I started coaching. When I was 19. I'm 26 now. So I've seven years. I'm seven years into this. So why did I get so I like, guess good relatively quickly? Because mm-hmm. the people who coached me weren't very nice people. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I had a big ego, as any 20-year-old kid would, when I got into the program, because it's really competitive. Oh, okay. Right. But then my coaches were people who were in the program 10 years ago, who all be they all became like these really big executives at companies by the time they were 30. So I'm sitting there, I'm presenting. It's like 7 p.m. They should be having dinner with their families. They just got all newly wedded, married and they all have kids. And they literally look at you and they say, why did I waste my evening with you when I could have been spending my precious time with my family? You're just like, oh, shit. So, yeah, it was hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, my goodness. And I'm sure that happened more
1: than once. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a daily thing.
0: So, so having that level of, I mean, nobody likes rejection. So having that level of rejection after having this high of getting into the program, being the best of the best and then being told that you're, you're crap. What sorts of mindset shifts, um, self-talk support did you have to seek? What, what combination of those things worked for you so that you could keep the vision high?
1: Great question, Angelica. I love your questions, by It's great. Oh, so there's kind of, of course, so there's two parts to that. One that 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 helped me personally, but the other one, which I think is more helpful for the audience, is what helps the general public? Because people probably think I'm crazy right now, which is legitimate. So, so what helped me? There's a great quote that I got from a guy named Jeremy, and I, I have to remember his last name, but I don't for the purpose of right now. But anyways, he said this. He said, the more you fail in life, Sorry, the more you execute, rather, the more you fail. The more you fail, the more you don't care. And the more you don't care, the more you execute. So i be there again. The more you execute, the more you fail. So you mess up, you make mistakes. But the more mistakes that you make, eventually you make so many that you just stop caring, like all the mistakes I made three years, mm-hmm. like and I still make. And then the more you don't care, the more you actually end up taking action. So what happened with me is because I'm super competitive, when I started losing a lot of these competitions, and I lost a bunch of them when I started, it bruised my ego. Mm-hmm. So I said, I need to get better at this. And so I just kept working on it, and then I, I got the result. But obviously, that's not helpful for the audience. So, so here's what's helpful for the audience. What's helpful for the audience is doing something that most of us haven't done with our communication skills, mm-hmm. which is to dream. A lot of us dream about the expensive vacations we want to go on, Angelica, Mm -hmm. the things we want to buy, the cars we want to get, the relationships we want to have. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication skills? And most of us don't dream at all when we think about comms because we focus on the fear, the anxiety, the stress. Whereas for me, the question becomes, how would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator? Mm -hmm. And a lot of us don't think about that question. So I would start the conversation there.
0: Oh, I love that. I love it so much. Uh, I would, I don't know if I'm as effective of a communicator as you are, um, but I'd like to think in my industry, I am (laughs) as a physician assistant, right? It's so important for you not to, not only to, to uh, be able to be the medium between the knowledge you have and the knowledge patient needs to make an empowered decision, But also to hold space for that individual who may be undergoing some sort of emotion, either from a new diagnosis, grieving a loss of a parent, losing a job, right? So, um, being able to, again, effectively communicate in a way that the person in front of you can receive it appropriately and as attended is so important. so yes, and I, so I think I daydream about effective communication. Some would say it's anxiety, right? Because I I think about what I'm going to say and how I'm going to execute it before, <laughs> and it's for everybody, right? It's like <laughs> to the guy at the store and and the gas pump attendant and um you know the dentist, right? I even practiced what I was going to say before I t- talked to my dentist this week. So I so um. I, I I think this is so interesting, and as I was preparing. I'm doing that in quotation marks because I really don't prepare for these things, but I was like, what, you know, what experiences do I have with my patients, with my clients? Um, And that would be great questions for Brendan. And I, I, I also coach higher, I don't want to say higher impact driven entrepreneurs. Right. And there, there's just like this little, for them, there's, there's a tweak that needs to happen to get them to overcome their self-built glass ceilings, if you will. So absolutely, and a lot of them come to me dreaming of being on stages. Like I see myself being that impactful person, and they're usually in the practice of manifesting too, as you were sort of hinting at, right? Daydreaming and manifesting. I think the daydreaming part is is something that um, most people understand, but those in our the, the spiritual realm, it's it's called manifesting. Um, What other than day, but there's there's got to be action there too, right? So other than daydreaming, other than um I guess what's what have you found in your line of work that has separated those that want to be on stages and who have the knowledge, they have the wisdom, they have something important to share with the world that can actually shift our consciousness as a whole. What have you been finding? That keeps them from A to B. And it seems like it's a big jump, right? A to B, but it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be. So I'm talking while you're nodding vigorously. And and I'll give you the microphone back so you could you can chime in here.
1: No, it's all I mean, what you shared is, is so fabulous, Angelica. I love that. Because you're right, you know, daydreaming, because that's why I love the context to your point there, is is good. It's a great start, but you're right, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily get us to be. So let's spend a few seconds just on the importance of A. So what do I mean specifically about dreaming in the context of communication? Even somebody who says, I dream about being on a stage. That's like, for me, a little bit of tough love here. Not too much, given the the energy of the show here. But the key is, that's like saying I want to be famous.
0: Yes. Yes, you're right. Yep. Mm
1: -hmm. What do you want to be famous for? Why is it important for you to be famous? Why is it important for you to be on stage? Why should I give you the mic instead of somebody else? Why should we rather give you the mic Mm -hmm. rather than somebody else? So it's not just about daydreaming, about being on a stage. It's actually a lot deeper than that. Let me give you an example. One of the best answers I got to this question was, I don't even remember who it was, but I remember the answer. And he said, so I could show my wife the world. So I said, how would your life change if you communicate? And he said, so I could show my wife the world. I think I got it from my sister. And what he said was, well, Brandon, my English is not really good, and my wife doesn't speak English at all. So if I got really good at communication, and I worked on my English, and I worked on how to speak, I could show her the world. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, traveling is consistent with the English language. So I could bring her to every country around the world. I could do all the translation and my wife wouldn't have to do anything. And I thought that was so beautiful because it it's such a strong reason why mm-hmm. we want to master communication. It's not just a job promotion. Mm-hmm. It's not just a salary increase. It's realizing the more important part of comms, which is the following. It's not about the money. It's about every moment of our life. Because communication is the way we talk to our families. Communication is the way that we order food at a restaurant, where we go grocery shopping, where we meet strangers at a park for some people that do that. But it's every moment, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like you're in that. I feel like we had i I'm are, in that yeah, group. I feel yeah. like we're in that group. Right. So when we realize that communication is about leading a more fulfilling life, that's when we break through the biggest challenge with communication. Because a lot of experts in my industry argue that it's fear. I don't. I actually think it's motivation. And mm-hmm. the reason I think motivation is greater is because if your motivation is great enough, you'll break through the fear. Case point, me. Why did a twenty-year-old, 22-year-old kid in his mother's basement who had a bachelor's degree in accounting, why did he press record and start MasterTalk? This doesn't make any sense. He mm-hmm. should have just stuck to a six-figure corporate job at IBM and just worked there for the rest of his life. So why did I do it? I didn't do it for my executives. I love them to death. They help me pay my bills, so I don't die. But the point is, I pressed record for the 15-year-old girl who couldn't afford me. Mm-hmm. That's why I started Master Talk. Because what's her alternative? Some 60-year-old dude who has seven PhDs that they can't relate to? That's mm-hmm. why I did it. And that motivation, I didn't care what got in my way. And there's a bunch of things that got in my way. Trust me, we can un- unpack all those things. But the idea was that. But obviously, there's the next point, which is what do we do beyond the, the dream, but feel free to jump in there before I jump into that.
0: No, no, that's perfect. Keep going. You're on a roll.
1: Okay, cool. Cause I was, I'm always mindful because I don't want to model too much. No,
0: no, you're doing great. Like keep, keep this, keep this, this momentum. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: So, so now having said that, right. Now that we know the importance of dreaming? How would your life change? Or more importantly, how would the world change for an exceptional communicator? When you reflect on these types of questions, now we have a a solid answer or some form of an answer. So now let's go into the tactics. So what's A to B? Now we get into the action side. At the end of the day, the best way to speak is to speak. But the challenge is, is that communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time, Angelica, right? One of those balls is filler words. One of those balls is smiling. One of those balls is (laughs) vocal tone variety. So the better question is rather, what are the first three balls that we should juggle first? And for me, is what I call my easy threes. So let's go through them one at a time. So the first one is the random word exercise, which is pick a random word, like phone, like copper, like wife, like lights, and create random presentations out of thin air. And I always tell people is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you could make sense out of anything. Let's use your industry as an example, being a physician assistant that you are. The question I always ask people, let's say in your industry, what percentage of physician assistants are willing to do that random word exercise a hundred times? And the answer is probably 1%, maybe two, maybe less. But if you're the person who does it a hundred times, not doing it well, but just doing it a hundred times, you'll be better than 99% of your industry.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm laughing. Yeah, you were probably like, "Why is she laughing?" Because I practiced that with my toddler. Right? It's just. I, <laughs> I think it should be. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we go to the sink? You <laughs> know things like that. So yes, yeah, so I'm like, this is perfect. I can I can
1: do this. All right.
0: How, how old is
1: your toddler? Out of curiosity, he's
0: 20 months old.
1: 20 months. Old. You're already practicing communication with a 20 month old. You're like on a whole level. Yeah, <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. Well, you got to make it, you have. You know, when if and when you you you're able to be a parent. Um, it, it requires a level of ingenuity. You did not know you had in order for you to stay sane. So part of that is just communication, <laughs> but he's, it's, you know, I'm just going to brag about him for a second. He signs and he has an ex. he is an excellent communicator. He could, you know, if you're looking for an intern, that's
1: adorable. <laughs> I'll offer his I, services. I, I, th- I think, I think I'll need to consider that. Okay. Uh-
0: right. Anyways, uh, off of our tangent. You said three. So, so one is the, the practice random word. You and bet. what do you mean by, so I was just assuming there delivery or practicing random word. So what goes into practicing a random word?
1: Absolutely. Throw a word at me. I'll just demonstrate Oh, uh, literally anything
0: credit card,
1: credit card. Right. So for those that are listening to this podcast, Angelica did not give me the word credit card. So now I need to create, I need to create a random presentation out of thin air right now. It's Sunday morning and I'm going shopping. And trust me, Angelica, I hate shopping. That's why I use my credit card all the time at home, where I have my pajamas, where I have my sweaty t-shirt on, not the one that you're seeing right now, because I need to look decent for an interview. (laughs) But I find so interesting about credit cards is that it gives us quick access to life, gives us the drug that we all crave in our society, which is convenience. If we need something, Amazon will just bring it the next day. Whether it's a bottle of champagne, whether it's an apple, or even a mousetrap, Amazon will find a way as long as you got that credit card. But that credit card, Angelica, is a two-way street. Because that fast access, that fast cash, that fast way of getting what you want can also lead to negative consequences. That's why a lot of us have credit card debt. We don't use the convenience that we're being given in our life in the most convenient way, maybe for the short term, but definitely not for the long run. But I would argue that with credit cards, Angelica, we do that in our life. We're always looking for the fast pass, the easy, quick shortcut, right? The easy way to get a result instead of losing it like a debit card, right? Do we actually have money in the bank account to afford this? Should we actually take our time? So I would encourage us to be the debit card, not the credit card of our life. Cause sometimes fast money gets us fast results, but sometimes those results don't have a proper foundation. There you go. Done.
0: That was awesome. That's great. That's it. Okay. So this makes more sense. Thank you for explaining that and, and providing such a great example. That's so much fun. It's it, right. for me, that seems like so much fun because, and I think it can seem, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a little scary and sticky for other people because they just haven't done it yet. Right. But that sounds like fun. It's, it's like um, it's improv really, and just go off the cuff and, and there's a level of self-trust there that you're going to get to an end point. Right. That I think some, a lot of people are missing that self-trust anyways. And also, as a, as an aside, I am a direct descendant, my father, <laughs>
1: I was like, "Where are you going?" With this?
0: He, he he won the bull. He called it the bullshitting competition in the eighties and in, in high school. He just had they gave him something and he just had to make stuff up and seem like he knew what he was talking about, I and mean, he he won. So he, I think he won like the state level. So you guys made it along famously. Anyways, perfect. Thank you. Random word. I love it.
1: <laughs> and, and you know what I love about you, what you just said, there, Angelica, is. By the way, I appreciate your energy so much because you're super excited about the exercise. And that's how I want everyone who's listening to this podcast to feel too, because communication is supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the times, you know, people who do this or might be a bit more introverted than we are, they'll go, oh, I don't know if I could do it. What's the framework? What's the format that you did there, Brendan or Angelico? How did you guys do this? My response is always, we don't get points for doing it well. Mm-hmm. We get points for doing it a lot. I've done the random word exercise 3,000 times. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm able to do it at this level. But what the random word exercise teaches us, the most important lesson, Angelica, has actually a lot less to do with communication than you might think. The most important lesson is to stop caring about what other people think. Mm-hmm. Like for me, when I got credit card, I just went, oh, whatever. Let's see what I can come up with. And I just did it. And once you get to that place... And you go back to the boardroom, you go back to podcast interviews, you go back to your role as a physician assistant, those roles become a joke. Cause you talked about mangoes yesterday. <laughs> yes. And that's really the point.
0: Right. No, it's perfect. I love it. Thank you so much. And, and, and to, to the same, you know, to this on the same token, and on the other hand, whatever phrase you want to use here, I, I often think, you know, here's my, my toddler. Again, I talk about him all the time and. He gets so excited when he figures out a new sign or a new, he says a new word because then his world opens up even more. So for him, it's not, he's not afraid of a new way to communicate. He's excited for. So I always look at the world and how I'm approaching the world through my toddler's eyes. And it's so helpful. Anyways. Back to Let, you.
1: No, no, let's let's play off of this because I think it's yeah. so fascinating. Yeah. This is why I don't spend a lot of my time doing this, in Angelica. But I coach maybe some of some kids, mostly my clients mm-hmm. as kids. And the reason I bring that up is because. There's a reason why all of us are fearful of communicating, why we don't have like the mindset that we're having in this call, which I think is brilliant, by the way. You're doing the random word exercise to get long before I even recommend it because I usually say like three or four years old, but your, your son is like a prodigy. So he's like doing it. <laughs> I know it. I know months. you don't
0: even have to tell me he's a prodigy.
1: You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's ready. So so one, one part, there's two parts. The first part is do the same thing that Angelica is doing to you. Do this to your kids. Make your own family, your own accountability. So, what my clients do, because they're super busy, execs, is on the car. Not for really. those who have kids, obviously not everybody, they just do it in that moment because they have 15 minutes with the kid. Mm-hmm. So they just do it there. They just turn off the radio, and they just riff. But there's also another part that's that's uh more important, which is why is it that whether it's your toddler, which I don't hope happens, all of us. What happens to that creativity when we're eight,
0: mm-hmm. when we're
1: nine, mm-hmm. when we're 10? Why do we lose it along the way? Mm-hmm. Because when your toddler is four or five years old, you give them the random words, or, uh, 20 months, right? they they just crush it. They go, yeah, mom, this is easy. But then mm-hmm. they're 15 years old. You give them the random word exercise, they go, Eh-eh. mom, why, why am I doing this exercise? I don't really know the mm-hmm. point is. Mm-hmm. So why does that creativity go away all of a sudden? And that's why we're all scared of communication. The mm-hmm. education system mm-hmm. destroys mm-hmm. our ability to communicate. Why is that? Because all of our presentations have three things in common. One, that we give in school, because that's where we learn how to speak. Mm-hmm. So the first one is all of those presentations are mandatory. Mm-hmm. So when your son or another kid gets into grade three or four or five, and they're like eight, nine years old, they have to do the speech. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, you want to get breakfast and present all day? Nobody says that. So that's one. Two, all those presentations are different, Angelica. Nobody is going, what are you passionate about, Mr. Toddler? What are you passionate about, Angelica? What are you passionate about, Brendan? Mm-hmm. Do you like uh, you know, talking about women empowerment? Do you like talking about physicians? Wh- whatever the topic is. No, you got to talk about Shakespearean poetry. <laughs> so that's number two. Mm-hmm. And number three, the worst thing of all, every presentation is tied to a punishment. So if you don't do a great job, you don't get a pat on the back, you get a slap in the face and you lose 25% of your grade. So what does that lead to the conclusion? The conclusion is we see communication as a chore and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. That's
0: beautiful. Yeah. I agree with everything you say. Yeah. It's that, that creativity is shut down. I mean, even outside of presentations at a very early age, when they say, no, a tree can't be blue. Why not?
1: Wow. Why not? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I, I do my, thank you for recognizing that I, I do my best to keep the out of the box thinking for my, my toddler going instead of telling him that's not the way the world works. Why can't it work that way?
1: Absolutely. And I know you'll do a fantastic job with your kid, yeah, I'm but it. I think the challenge is a lot of us don't realize that connection between, Hey, why is that child's mm-hmm. communication going off the wayside? And it has nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. It's because of the system in which they're yeah. growing up in.
0: Yep. I agree. I agree. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Nice tangent. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. So random word exercise, which I'm so excited for our road trip. Cause it's going to be fun. Um <laughs> And my husband will be on the board on board with it because we do make up new new songs, to so song parodies on the spot in the car. So this is like
1: awesome. I could feel he's an open-minded guy just yeah, based on yeah. the way you're communicating. Uh, yeah. He
0: has to be or else he'd go crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. what's, the, what's the second thing we could practice?
1: So, uh, babe, I talked to this Indian guy and he said we have to do a random word every day. And he's like, yeah, sure. Let's just do it. Sure. Whatever you say. Whatever you yeah. say. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two, question drills. We get asked questions all the time in our life, Angelica. In our life, at work, we're getting bombarded with questions all the time. Though I don't feel like I'm being bombarded. Don't worry. But I'm just saying that as a matter I of think fact. better. Yeah. No, no you're too no, great. <laughs> but, but the key is, Angelica, is a lot of us are reactive, not proactive, to the questions that we get in our life. So we wait for the question at work, and then we go, uh, and then we answer. I remember when I started podcasting a few years ago. I was terrible at this. That's how I learned. And I didn't know that I was going to get a lot of questions. And I was probably 22 or 23 at the time when I started guesting on shows. So somebody asked me the most bizarre question. He said, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at him and I said, uh, I don't know, dude, Los Angeles, San Diego. You, You tell me, man. Like, I had no idea. I was so lost. And I wasn't sure. I was clueless. But what did I do differently? What I did was for five minutes every day, just five minutes, that's all. I wrote down one question that I thought the world would ask me Mm -hmm. about my expertise, about my life. And I wrote an answer to that question. One question a day keeps the doctor away. So I did that for a year. And if you do that for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your expertise with only five minutes a day. You'll be unbeatable in your industry.
0: That's really cool. I'd never thought of that. And how simple, right? It takes five minutes. Absolutely. And I get excited talking about myself, right? You're your own best subject, so you can't get it wrong.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> perfect. Awesome. All right. And what's the third trick to improving your communication?
1: Absolutely. And, and the best part to the question, Joel, let's get to number three, is you don't have to do this alone. So I teach it that way so people don't have an excuse. Oh, I need to find an accountability partner, all that stuff. You don't really need one. But there is actually an easy way to do this, which is make friends with people. That's it. So if they if they ask you questions and you don't know the answer, which is what I did when I was younger, somebody would go, "What's the what's the advice for introverts?" Like, I'm not sure. I'm an extrovert. What do you think the answer is?" And then he would look at me and go, "Well, introverts do this right, and do this right." And I go, "I didn't think about that." And then I write it down and then I use it. Why? <laughs> because the person who's talking to me isn't a communication expert. They don't care. They want me to use them, mm-hmm. their own answer. Mm-hmm. So that's another piece is you can cheat code your way to the top, very simply.
0: Well, is it really cheat coding though? Because as I was actually thinking about this um yes this morning when I was watching Curious George. Uh, how- I love Curious George. I yeah. used to watch all the time. Well, you know, Daniel Tiger wasn't working, neither was Bluey, so it was Curious George. Anyways, I thought to myself um you know how how we as humans really we build on our our knowledge, right, over over decades, because they were talking about Isaac Newton. And I thought Isaac Newton put a term to what my toddler discovered when he was eight months old, you know, gravity. So <laughs> everybody knew it existed, but somebody just said, hey, that's gravity, right? Um and then, but now that's like it's it, it it's just we it, we we build upon what we know and we pass that down. And it's just that's how we've advanced so 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 much. Um, and I forgot where I was going with this. What we were talking about.
1: Curious George. Curious George. And then before that. Question drills, asking a question every day.
0: Oh, cheat coding. That's it. Oh,
1: cheat coding, yes.
0: Cheat coding, yep. So so is it really cheating? Because as a physician assistant, me prescribing a drug that somebody else invented isn't cheating. It's helping my patient. Right. Right. So it's it, it I I'm I, that's something I teach my clients too is you're really not taking anything away from anybody else because everybody else has something else to bring to the table.
1: I love your analogy. I completely agree. Especially the medicine one is so good. Yeah, let's use the word hack. I think hack is the better hack, word. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't think okay. it's cheating. And 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 I mean I I, I teach what I've learned and I'm going to teach what I've learned to my son and I Coach what I've learned from my coaching, the things that worked for me, the things that didn't. And it's great. You just you build your toolbox. And then I I always tell all my patients, there's so many more tools in the toolbox. If this doesn't work, we'll try another one. Oh, um, yeah. so yeah, I I don't think it's cheating. I think it's it's impacting the world.
1: Oh, yeah. Comparing with way.
0: yeah, yeah. Sweet. So those are really cool. I'm like so excited to do all these things because they're, e- they're easy to implement, right? It's not like exactly. start journaling. Well, what the frick does that mean? <laughs> or meditate. Great. That doesn't sound exciting. But all it of doesn't. these things, you're like, boom, boom, boom. And these are all things that you were like, well, let me, let me give this a shot. This sounds like a good idea and try it. How many other daily things did you try that didn't work out? <laughs>
1: You know, I've been on so many podcasts, and I feel like no one's asked me that question. I love the curiosity there. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. I'm like a mad scientist. I've just tried a bunch of things. Most of them didn't work. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of bad things that we probably don't want to bring out of that science lab, though, if you want me to, I can. But the point is, yeah, Even even when I started, you know, like, let's say episode one. And I started giving out daily exercises. The exercises were actually different. So people go on my YouTube channel. They go to three daily public speaking exercises. The three that I share are actually not the three that I'm sharing now. Mm-hmm. And the reason isn't because the endless gaze is a bad thing, which is where you stare into the eyes of somebody for three minutes. Mm-hmm. So it teaches you how to pause. Or for silence drills, which is where you get a partner to just pause you. So you practice pausing. The problem with those exercises is people make excuses around them. Oh, well, I don't have a partner, so I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Right, which brings us to number three. What is the third ball, which doesn't require an accountability partner? Right, because that's always the number one complaint I get, Mm -hmm. and we and that's the key. It requires a bruising of the ego to evolve our ideas over time, Mm -hmm. right? So, the third one is so simple that nobody does it. Make a list of the five people that you love the most in your life. That's it, husband. Uh, Maybe not the toddler because the trick might not work for them. You'll know why in a few seconds here. But, you know, it could be a significant other. It could be clients, your top 10 clients. That works, too. And ask ourselves a simple question. When was the last time we sent any of these people? Because these people aren't strangers. When was the last time we sent them a 20-second, that's it, video message? Mm. Mm -hmm. Just saying, hey. I really appreciate what you do with the podcast. I love how powerful your questions are, Angelica. I hope you're having a beautiful day. That's it. Nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. And the answer is nobody does it. And it makes all the difference. So take an action and get the video messages done. That's it.
0: Mm. And it's so fun. It's so nice to get a video message from the other side, right? Yeah.
1: That's why it's so powerful because nobody does it.
0: I actually know one coach whose husband is a TEDx speaker. So this makes sense who only communicates with her clients through little short
1: videos. Oh, that's crazy. My mm-hmm. God, only videos? Wow. Well, I don't think
0: only, but like when she, when she reaches out to them for and she's establishing that rapport, she's like, Hey,
1: oh, yes. it's so good to see you. Yes, yes, you know? yes. I do that too. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah. Um, and I have to say, after having a child, it was a lot easier to video message than um, send text messages. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, no, this is so great. And I think what, what you said was important is, you know, as as somebody's exploring new new terrain, right? I think a lot of us stop daydreaming because we're like, well, nobody else has done it before, right? So how how am I going to figure out how to get there? That just seems like too much work, and I'm probably going to fail, hmm. right? Um, but what worked when you first started may not work later, and there's going to be a natural evolution. And there's not, nothing to be afraid of because you yourself have evolved over the last six years. So why wouldn't your knowledge have developed, your wisdom have developed? And I think that speaks to this, the high-level coach you are because you're not afraid of reinventing the wheel because you need a new wheel. It's a whole different car. Oh, yeah. Right? So Absolutely. I, I think that goes for everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter even even in science right we we change i sit down with a, a patient and there's n- new evidence for something else that's what i go off of not the 1920s evidence so um just important to to reiterate that and um, i think you touched on it very subtly but to to drive that point home because
1: we change as humans regardless of our our industry 1000%. Yeah. It's so important to evolve and and i was saying that this morning to a group and it's the same thing right is evolve as the most important step in any idea that we share with the world mm-hmm. because it's that evolution that by the way lasts for a lifetime that is always Constantly improving the version of who you used to be, especially when you're communicating the same idea over and over again. That feedback loop is much faster because if you decide to be a specialist in something, you're able to quickly get all the questions and answer it over and over and over and over again until you have the best version of mm-hmm. that answer in the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Awesome.
0: Brennan, this was so much fun. This is great. If my listeners are thinking, okay, this is something I need to learn more about, something I would love to improve upon myself because he's right. This is good. This is my ticket to what I actually am desiring in life, not just the car, but the family, the love, the freedom, right? Everybody chases after freedom is really what it comes down to. Where can they find you? Where can they be in your energy some more?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Angelica. This is a great conversation, by the way. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So so two two easy ways to keep in touch, and then I'll I'll give a closing remark too, if that's cool. Is the two pieces to get involved is just the YouTube channel, Master Talk in one word, you'll have access to a bunch of free videos on how to speak. And then the second way is I do a free training on Zoom every three weeks on communication. You can register for one at rockstarcommunicator.com. And the closing note. Is the best way to figure out how to move forward your communication is to ask yourself the most simple question from today's episode. What is it that you want out of life? Simple. Write down your personal goals, and I'm sure for a lot of you who are already following Angelica a lot, you're probably already doing that, right? Writing those goals, but then add an extra layer, which is two things. One is who has already achieved that goal because somebody else has already done it. But the third one that I'll add is. What type of communicator are they? Do they say filler words? Do they use pauses? Do they do the random word exercise? Do they do the question drills? Do they video message? And that's the part that I feel is missing in goal setting, Angelica, is we know what we want. Mm. We write it down. We manifest it all the time, right, to your point. But from a communication perspective, we don't ask ourselves, the people that have already achieved what we've done, how are they speaking like? What is their communication? And once we analyze the delta, the gap between us and them, that's when we can move forward. Mm, that's
0: beautiful. What's a filler word? I didn't ask you earlier. Oh, like, um, or, uh, like, oh, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, no, that was, oh, yeah. Okay. Like that was, oh, okay. Yep. You know what I mean? Awesome.
1: Okay. Got it. <laughs> that's an important question though. Cause, cause that's yeah? feedback for me too. It's like, I got to define it every time. Well, I, say well
0: I, I had assumed, but I was like, well, maybe I'm making, missing something here course perfect great awesome oh this is so much fun
1: oh yeah Thank this you. is great i'm like today,
0: i'm leaving with a new excitement for for life and and Woo. teaching my son without knowing that he's being taught right
1: <laughs> and, and then when he's five years old you'll be like okay oh, he's entering the education system son <laughs> paul i don't know your son's name is, but yeah
0: <laughs> don't go oh, right so go left great oh awesome Thank you so much for being here, for being you and for sharing
1: so graciously. Of course, and thanks for, thanks for your ads as well. I loved, I loved your perspective, especially the cheat code one. I got to change that for hacking. So, so I appreciate it. it.
0: Yeah. You can totally take it. (laughs) Thank you.
1: hold it.